is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here on this Friday, August the 14th. Happy Friday to everyone. Happy Friday to you, my co-host, Mr. Clarence Dixon. What's up, sir? Hey, man. Happy. How you doing today? How you doing today? Doing pretty good. Everybody remember going to follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys know sports. Clarence, how's your Friday treat you? Now, my Friday is good, man. I'm about to, you know, end it out working for the night, man. Then I'm I'm out of here. I'm about to go, go, go enjoy myself, go enjoy a weekend with the family, you know? Certainly, about- man. That's, ex- that's exciting, man. You're going, you're going to Louisville this weekend, right? Yeah, definitely going to Louisville. We're going to uh, some like this family trip with my with my parents. You know, everybody. You know, we just go. We gonna have a good time. So I'm very excited. Yeah. And to get out the city, you know. Ah, yeah, that'll be good. Hey man, I gotta let everybody know. Let the listeners know. I got me a fresh cut earlier today, so I'm kind of feeling myself a little bit. Feeling real good. That's why I was late getting on the Zoom call, Clarence, because I I, I I was <laughs> I just got a fresh cut, man. Literally within 30 minutes ago. So I'm feeling real okay. good about getting my cut. Caveman. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm done, I'm done with the caveman. But real quick, before we get into our topics, I want to say this about Wednesday show again. We really want to send thank you to Kelsey, Nicole, Nelson for coming on the show with us on the Wise Guys Sports Show. That was a hell of a hell of an interview that we had with Kelsey on um, Wednesday, Clarence. You know, I, I really was, you know, listening to some of the things she was telling us about being in the sports broadcasting industry, being particularly a black woman in the sports broadcasting industry. And in, and in her discussing how it is living in, there in Baltimore, you know, especially after the Ravens had that 14-2 season last year and, and having Lamar Jackson as a franchise quarterback. I thought that was a great interview that we had with Kelsey Nicole Nelson on Wednesday, bro. Yeah, I definitely – big shout-out to her. You know, like you said, we I, I learned I learned a lot what she was saying, too. And I was like, wow. And I was, and I was actually excited that she came on to the show. Like, wow, I – Someone that's already into the industry, and she wants she's like a award award winning sports reporter. So, so I'm, I'm blessed for her to come on the show. Yes, sir. We were blessed as a team, but we got an action jam packed show ahead. We're gonna talk about the playmaker comparing CD Lamb to Kevin Durant. Also, we're gonna talk about later on the show LeBron talking about the NBA bubble and how it's been different for him, and it's been a major adjustment for him and his play style, and also. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs and give you our predictions for each and every series in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference here in a bit. But we begin in the bubble, in the NBA, as my Portland Trailblazers survived, literally, that's the word that I can say, survived a scare from the Brooklyn Nets. The Trailblazers beat the Brooklyn Nets 134-133. Dame Dollar had another great performance, 42 points, 8 of 14 shooting from three-point range. CJ dropped 25 points, seven assists on a bad back. But the star of the show and the star of the game for the Brooklyn Nets was Carlos Levert. 
dropped 36 points on 16 of 29 shooting from the floor. Yeah, Karis. Carl Karis was that, yeah. So the question here is, Clarence, as we open up the show today, what did you make of Dame Dallas' performance last night in a must-win for the Portland Trailblazers? Man, look, this is like the third show straight. Third straight show that we talked about Damian Lillard and how he's been performing and leading his team. Hey, this is like the third time we keep talking about this guy. But his performance was was expected. You know, was expected. You know, you, you're fighting for your, the eighth spot, and you, you have to perform at the elite level. And to me, Damian Lillard is an elite, elite player that's uh, that's uh, performing at the elite level, and he's doing an absolutely good job doing it, though, like 8 of 14. And don't and don't get me wrong, Karis LeVert had 36 points. He he was balling, too, though. But for Dame Dollar, though, this was a must-win, though, Trey. And it was a good performance for Dame Dollar. Now I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that play-in game on Saturday. Yeah, Dame Dollar showed up again. This is his third straight – Great performance. The Portland Trailblazers needed all 42 points of Dame Dollar's contributions in this game. I also want to give a big shout-out to C.J. McCullough. He dropped 25 and 7 assists. And you know C.J. right now, Clarence, he's playing with a bad back. So he has some injury issues that he's dealing with. But I want to give C.J. some credit because he made a big-time shot down the stretch of that game last night in the final minute with about 53 seconds left, I believe. He had had a pull-up jumper, which put the Portland Trailblazers up four. So that kind of gave him a little bit of breathing room. But overall, Dame Dollar, down the stretch, he didn't really hit any big shots, but but he did make some key plays. He got a steal that led to, to C.J. McCollum's pull-up jumper. It was the big yeah. steal that, that the Portland Trailblazers needed. So he made some key plays, and he had one kick out to Melo down the stretch in the final three minutes where Melo hit a three-point perimeter shot. That was a big-time shot as well. Melo didn't play particularly well last night. He didn't shoot the ball very well. But I expect Melo to rebound himself and, you know, do better on Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies in that playing game. But overall, Nurkic, he had 15 plus. I can't, I ain't got the numbers right in front of me, but he had over 15 points, I believe, in that matchup. So he's shown his presence as well as a big man. I love the way he's come back and has rejuvenated his career. He's playing at a high level right now for the Portland Trail Blazers. Offensively, that that is. Defensively, he's terrible. He needs to get better on defense and rebound the basketball. Because the Brooklyn Nets, they had their way on offensive rebounds last night. I think Terry Scott's, I think he should have gave Hassan Whiteside more minutes down the stretch in that game, Clarence, because I felt like Nurkic, although he gives you a premium over Whiteside offensively, defensively, Hassan Whiteside gives you a significant premium over Nurkic, and he's a better defensive rebounder. So I felt like the Portland Trailblazers let a lot the Nets get a lot of second chance unnecessary points and it almost cost them an opportunity for the play-in matchup on Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies but Dame Dollar and CJ McCullough made the plays necessary when they had to for Portland and this kid Carlos Levert he's he's a real deal he's a real deal and I'm excited to see him with Kevin Durant next year <laughs> Karis it's Karis Trey Karis okay Karis okay Karis, Karis. Levert so how you spell it? C-A-R-I-S? No, C-A-R-V-I-S. Okay, Karis. Yeah. My bad, Karis, for messing up your name. Yeah, no, it's all good, though. Shout out to Karis LeVert, though. But importantly, though, the, the Portland Trailblazers, though, they gave up 130 points in the last two games, though. Or do you do you believe they, they should be important uh, for they improve to their defense? Yes, they got to improve defensively. But here's the problem, Clarence. 
I don't think yeah. the Portland Trailblazers have the personnel to improve defensively. That's the issue here. So you know, White I side. think Whiteside can help you, but he's not a great perimeter defender because he is a big man. He's, he's a big. That's what he's used to doing. So I think they don't really have the personnel to really stop teams. I'm going to tell you a player that they really missing right now in this bubble, and that's Trevor Ariza. If they had Trevor Ariza, I think you, yeah. along with other people, would give would, would would give them more of a chance to upset the Lakers. Would I, would you agree with that? Because because you could put a reason on LeBron. Reason can guard LeBron. You can you can that that right there that would have been like the miss that's the missing piece for them right now. But yeah, I, but but at the same time, it's too much LeBron in the playoffs, man. You can't bet against him, man. You can't. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the thing is, when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers defensively, I don't think they're going to improve defensively. Honestly, Clarence, I think. Their objective is to outscore the opponent. And I think when you got Dame Dollar pulling up from 30 and CJ McCullough yeah, putting 30. in 25 points. Yeah, and it, you see you see that shot that Dame hit last night from the logo. Did you see that? Yeah, did, I did, def- you see, did you see that, my brother? I think huh? I was definitely tuned in. I'm just like, yeah, he's just throwing off yes. the range. From the logo, it's only about three players in the NBA that can pull up from that distance. That's Dame. I'll give Trey Young some love in Atlanta and Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors. Those are the only players pull up from the logo. But you've seen afterwards how Dame was was he was spent. You could tell he had put all of his energy. Yeah. Hey. Hey. So uh. So I so I got a quick question for you though. So, so you're telling me this. You expect the Trailblazers to close out the Grizzlies on Saturday? Oh, what's going on? Yeah, sorry, I don't know. It had a little bit of disconnecting there. I don't know what happened there, but I was trying to say basically that Dame Dollar after the game, you could tell watching him that he did everything that he could and gave all the effort that he could by helping the Portland Trailblazers be in this position during these eight seeding games. And I want to give him some credit as well because ever since he's missed those two free throws against that Clippers team last Saturday, Dame Dollar has answered the bail clearance. He's had three straight performances and must-win games for the Portland Trailblazers. They beat the Sixers on Sunday. Then they end up beating the Dallas Mavericks Tuesday. And they had a must-win last night against the Brooklyn Nets team that actually is playing well so far in this bubble clearance. I got to give a lot of credit also to the head coach, Jack Vaughn, for the Brooklyn Nets. You know he wants that job. He wants them to keep him on board and have him be the head coach of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving he's next not, year when they return to the lineup. He's not then about again, to be there. He has he's a not shot. About he has a shot. The way this the way this Brooklyn Nets team is playing right now, they are playing some good basketball. If we get to the playoffs and they steal one or two games away from the Toronto Raptors, I guarantee you the Brooklyn Nets front office would be considering keeping Jock Vaughn on that staff. But overall, Dame Dollar, I gotta give you some credit. I think Dame Dollar has solidified himself as being the best point guard in the NBA right now. Steph Curry's at home. Kimba Walker hasn't been healthy. Chris Paul is a legitimate MVP candidate. I think top five, in my opinion. Russell Westbrook.
Westbrook is injured at the moment. He's going to miss a few games to, to start the playoffs. Therefore, I think Dame Dollar is the best point guard in the NBA, and I think he's creeping into being a top 10 player overall in the NBA as well. So, you, so let me ask you this. So you expect the Trailblazers to close out the Memphis Grizzlies and get ready for the playoffs against the uh, L.A. Lakers? Yeah, yeah, it's over. It's over. You can book it. Book it. Book my Portland Trailblazers to be in a first-round matchup against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the L.A. Lakers next week in Orlando in the bubble. I don't see John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies beating Dame Dowell and the Portland Trailblazers so, two games in a row. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go to the next question. If Portland makes it, L.A. in, LA in six. If Memphis make it, L.A. in four. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question. So Shannon Sharp declared, he said, Damian Lillard will be a top two player in the Eastern Conference. Do you agree that he will be a top two player in the Eastern Conference? Yes, 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 yes. I think, Easy, no I'm doubt. Free. No doubt, no doubt. Right now, right now, because right now Kevin Durant isn't playing. So I think he would easily be a top two player in the Eastern Conference. I would say it would be Giannis one and Dame Dollar right behind him at two. Jason Tatum, he's a superstar coming. He's not a superstar just oh, yet. He's on the come up. He's on the come up. Yes, he's on the come up. Hold on. Siakam, also. I like Siakam's upside. I like the potential that Siakam has for the Toronto Raptors. I think Siakam has a bright future, and I think he has improved on his game over the last two years. But I'm not ready to say Siakam is better than Dame Dollar. Joe and B, Clarence, can't stay healthy. For whatever reason, Joe and B, every single time he gets into a rhythm, and he's playing well, he has a nagging injury that comes back, and he's out for a significant amount of time. I love Jordan B. I think he's the best big man in the game, but he's not available. And we all know best ability is availability. I think Dame Dollar is always available for the Portland Trailblazers, and I believe he always comes through for the Portland Trailblazers when they need a much-needed victory or they need a virtuoso slash great performance. So I think Dame Dollar would easily be a top two player in the Eastern Conference right now. What do you say to that? This top two? I mean, who, He's who's better best? than Middleton, too. He's better than Middleton, yes. I mean, I'm not saying Middleton is a top two player in the Eastern in the Eastern Conference, but he's a top ten. He's definitely a top ten. But I think, yeah, I think I agree with this on here. I think when, when you think of Damian Lillard, he, he's a special guy that, that can – has ability to shoot long range shots and very athletic at his position and he's fast and quick off his feet. Yeah. He's a threat. He's one of the best point guards in the league though, but yeah, he's definitely be a top two player in the Eastern conference though, Trey. I, I can't say that. Clarence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We have some technical diff difficulties. I don't know what's going on, but. Yeah, I think Dane Dollar would easily be a top two player in the Eastern Conference for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, for sure. And I, like I said, I know it's a lot of other up and coming players in the East right now. Siakam, Jason Tatum, you know, Oladipo, I believe, also was a player when he's healthy and when he's back to 100%. I think he'll be back to 100% next season. I think he's one of those players that have superstar capabilities. But right now, Dane Dollar, if he was playing in the Eastern Conference, he would he would be a top two player easily right now. So, and I think the Portland Trailblazers would be a top five seed in the East. If, if, so this, if, yeah, go ahead. This is a question, though, Trey. So if he would be a top player in the Eastern Conference, what team do you believe that he would have made a team 
like the one of the, the best top top three teams in the league. And who you believe? What team you think he'd be on to be the top two player in the league? Just in the guess. East? Yeah. Imagine Dame Dollar with the Knicks. Imagine him with the yeah. Knicks. Yes, imagine him with the Knicks. I, you know the Knicks have been starving for a star to play in New York. I think ah. Dame Dollar, what? Dame Dollar would embrace the challenges that come with playing in a big market. I think Damian Lillard would thrive with the New York Knicks. I think the New York Knicks should be doing everything. Yes, I think the New York, New York Knicks should be doing everything they can to try to persuade Damian Lillard to leave Portland for New York. I think Dane would thrive in New York. I think he will take on the brightest lights at his biggest moments, and I think he'll make those necessary plays for the Knicks to win basketball games. I really, really believe that. I think Damian Lillard would do great in a big market like New York or even maybe even Chicago. Imagine Damian Lillard with the Bulls. Oh. Oh, that, yes. that way, they that would be that would be a shot. Think about think about Derrick Rose with the Bulls. Derrick Rose did outstanding during his career with the Chicago Bulls. They didn't get to a finals, but Derrick Rose won an MVP. They was a perennial Eastern Conference powerhouse team. You know, they, they, D Rose did a hell of a job with the Chicago Bulls. So yeah. I think there are numerous teams in the East that Dame Dollar could lead to the promised land and have some type of success in the playoffs. But let me say yeah, one more I, thing real quick before we move on. Yeah, definitely say it. About the Portland Trailblazers. I know my Portland Trailblazers do not play any defense. And that's part of the reason why, Clarence, when I watch Portland, I almost have heart attacks every single game at least once. And there, at least, there are moments throughout the games when I'm watching Portland play where I have at least one or two close heart attacks. Like, my heart be pumping when I'm watching these boys play. I don't think you understand how, <laughs> how hard it was for me watching Levert dribbled at the top of the key, and, and and before he finally missed that shot, I was so nervous because I was thinking it was so many things at stake in that moment. If he would hit that shot, it would just it would have been a great shot for him, but it would have been a dagger in Portland Trailblazers oh. fans' hearts and myself. <laughs> but hey, I got I think Melo gonna ball out in this play-in game on Saturday. I'm expecting you to redeem yourself, Melo, and play well. Yeah, definitely, definitely though. We definitely, I agree with that on that. Oh, real quick, do you got you got Portland winning Saturday? Yeah, I got Portland winning Saturday. I got them winning in a big margin. Okay. I think without Jaron Jackson, the Memphis Grizz will struggle in the, on the big side of it. And, yeah, I got Portland winning that game. Get prepared for Monday. Yeah, and real quick, before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to the Phoenix Suns. They were 8-0 in the bubble. They did a hell of a job down <laughs> in Orlando in the bubble. They did, Clarence. The Phoenix Suns been balling. <laughs> They've been Man. playing great basketball. And I, and yeah, I think Marty Williams. Worst, bro. Huh? <laughs> they scenario was the worst. Even though they would have they went eight and zero in the bubble, they had they needed the Spurs or the Spurs in Portland to lose. But and you probably know that. Memphis too. Yeah, Memphis. And guess if what? Memphis they, lost, if Memphis would have lost yesterday, then it would have been the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker playing Dame Dollar in the Trailblazers. So yeah. I'm glad I, to be honest, Clarence. I'd rather face the Memphis Grizzlies than the Phoenix Suns right now. I, I, I didn't want I didn't want to see Devin Booker. I don't think I don't <laughs> I didn't want to see him. I really didn't. I, but Monty Williams, the head, the head coach for the Phoenix Suns, he deserves a ton of praise because he's, he's been doing a great job with those young kids in Phoenix. And like I told you on Wednesday's show, going eight and zero in the bubble is something that you can build off of heading into next season. It gives you confidence that they're going to be a team that can definitely compete for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. But I'm looking forward to that Saturday game, though. 
Alright. Oh, my bad. Take a good lift key. Alright. Hey, first of all, let's move on. Let's move on to that uh that Dallas Cowboys topic. Now, now I now I, I heard that's now so like someone said that C D Lamb is compared to Kevin Durant. So and then I didn't make- read Playmaker said that. Michael Irvin said that. The playmaker. Yeah, Michael Irvin said he compared CD Lamb to Kevin Durant. And my friend Trey, can you please can you read can you read me the quote, man? Uh, I, I don't have it right in front of me. Let's just paraphrase. He basically said that yeah. CD Lamb is comparable to the Warriors bringing in Kevin Durant. He he said basically that the Cowboys drafting CD Lamb is comparable to when the Golden State Warriors added Kevin Durant. That's yeah. what the playmaker said. So, what's your reaction to these comments? Well, I think for now, for me, I think when the Dallas Cowboys drafted Ceedee Lamb, that was that was a steal in the draft because honestly, I believe I thought they was going for the needy position, but they went for what's best. They took the the basically the best one on the uh, on the chart, and with Ceedee Lamb going add to that though. That's that's nice. You giving Doc Prescott more weapons. That cowboy, you making that Cowboys offense. More, more scary, and I just and I've been telling everybody the Cowboys is probably the most probably prolific offense in the league, but they just don't get it done because they ain't winning big games last year. But they they really got some skilled players on that offense that can be a big threat. Now you got Mike McCarthy, an offensive minded coach and a winning coach. I think they they can make basically have a big year, a big year in the NFC East. You didn't answer the question. Do you what? believe the Cowboys? Adding CD Lamb and bringing him in from the NFL draft is comparable to when the Golden State Warriors signed Kevin Durant. I say yeah, I say yeah because I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. They are what? already better. Than you said I yeah, said yeah. I said they're better than the Eagles. They're better than the Eagles. Listen, the Cowboys always been better than the Eagles, but they couldn't get it done. And I and I and I do believe that the Dallas Cowboys can win it this year. They can win the NFC East this year. They are they fully loaded on offense and defense. I ain't winning though. Get into the, the signing of Everson Griffin yet, but that's the next question. But I'm just we talk about the offense here. You got one of the best running backs in the league. You arguably got a top five quarterback in the NFL from Prescott, and an offensive line that's solid enough that he can make throws and adjust to plays. And you got a nice receiving core, a top ten receiving core. I mean, you know what I'm saying? A duo. What? Did you just say, okay, so it's so many holes in your argument. First of all, did you just say the Dallas Cowboys are always better than the Philadelphia Eagles, but they never can get it done? Um, that means they're okay. not better than the Philadelphia let Eagles. Fair, let me paraphrase that. They are, they all they have the better weapons than the Eagles. They got the arguably better weapons than them. A better they honestly a better a better offensive team than the Eagles. But for, for the Eagles, they had a good coach that can coach them good, Doug Peterson. And, and what else? And you had a nice, you had. A, I'm not gonna lie, you had a nice quarterback in Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, he's a he's a good quarterback. But but it's funny though, he didn't make the top 100 list. So something has to be the reason why he didn't make the top 100 list. Well, he's always injured. But that's all I'm saying. So 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 you say that Michael Irvin is right comparing the CD Lamb drafting by the Cowboys. You saying that that's a nice comparison to Kevin the words and Kevin Durant. Let me get this straight. <laughs> Look, he was one of the best receivers in the draft though, Trey. CD Lamb, if you actually watch him at Oklahoma, he he's a he's a good route. He's a good route runner, a good run after the catch. He has good hands. Are you and are look, you serious? Nice. Look, I'm being are you serious. Dead. Are you joking with me? Look, 
I look, I was surprised when the Dallas Cowboys drafted him. And now he's going to look, he's he's about to be one of the next next big big receivers in the league, man. In a few more years, he's gonna be one up next. He's gonna be one of the so, big so 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 okay. So let me let me oh, why do I have to talk football with you as well? Because you just your football knowledge really should be in question. Like your football IQ is terrible. Like you you got I know you've been watching the Bengals all these years, and I know it probably has has really messed up your football knowledge, but you gotta you gotta be kidding. You gotta be kidding me here, right? You gotta think about it. They already have an above average quarterback in Dak Prescott. That can, he he's a good he's a good quarterback. You just don't want to admit it. And you got they got okay, that's enough. That's enough. Look, we heard from you. We heard from you. That's enough. Yeah, First of all, last year, last year, you're talking about Dak Prescott. I think he had 30 touchdowns, just 11 interceptions last year, had close to 5,000 passing yards. Not bad statistical numbers, but we all know those numbers are misleading. Why? Because Dak Prescott couldn't even lead his team to the postseason. Clarence, they were trailing on the scoreboard a lot last year. That's why Dak Prescott put up the statistical numbers that he did. Those numbers were misleading. They couldn't even get to the playoffs, and they had a healthy squad last year. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz, he had less skill position players than Dak Prescott did. And guess what? Carson Wentz still led his team to the postseason. Also, the Philadelphia Eagles have a proven Super Bowl winning head coach and Doug Peterson. Everywhere you look around, the Philadelphia Eagles have better structure than the Dallas Cowboys overall. When you look at the rosters from top to bottom, yeah, you may say the Cowboys have bigger names on their team, but that doesn't necessarily always equate to wins. Just because you got bigger names and, 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 and a better roster than another particular team in your division doesn't mean that you're going to beat that team when it matters the most. And what happened last year in week 17, I believe, it might, well, it might have been week 16, whatever, we, whatever it was. Last year, I believe that Prescott, Prescott, that Prescott took his talents to Philadelphia and they had a week 16 matchup with the NFC East division title on the line. And what happened? He got outplayed by Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is better. Nevertheless, let me get to Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin needs to be ashamed of himself. He really should. They need to ban him from talking football for a few weeks after these comments, Clarence. This is ridiculous. He's talking about CeeDee Lamb is comparable to Kevin Durant. First of all, I like CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb has a lot of promise. I think he's going to possibly be an elite receiver one day. But you compare him to an all-time NBA great and Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, Kevin Durant had already won NBA MVP, Clarence. Kevin Durant had already won scoring titles. Kevin Durant had already had a finals appearance on his resume. It is no comparison comparing C.D. Lamb to but Kevin Durant, the great Kevin Durant. And I got one more for you. He tried to compare the Cowboys to the Warriors. Oh, last time I checked, before the Warriors brought in Kevin Durant, they were 73-9 and nine the season before. And they also had two finals appearances before Kevin Durant arrived in Golden State. The Dallas Cowboys didn't even make the playoffs last year. The Dallas Cowboys ain't been to the NFC Championship game in over 25 years. It's been over 25 years since the Dallas Cowboys have even been to an NFC Championship game. So Michael Irvin, he is a homer, and he's wearing his Dallas Cowboys pom-poms on this one, Clarence. And I can't believe <laughs> you can't see it. Listen, but at the same time, we're talking about C.D. Lamb. Okay, let's let's talk about C.D. Lamb. He, he's a great he's a great young receiver. 
great young receiver that was that was probably the second draft. He was the second receiver off the board, which I thought he was going to Oakland because I thought Oakland won it, but they wanted speed. They wanted speed. But for C.D. Lamb, he gives you your future number one receiver, number one receiver in, for the NFL and for the Cowboys. So whatever Dak Prescott's contract situation, C.D. Lamb is going to be there, man. And I think that's that's a steal. That the Dallas Cowboys is getting him. Nobody, but nobody's debating that, Clarence. Nobody's debating whether or not CeeDee Lamb is going to produce for the Dallas Cowboys. The, the comparison to Kevin Durant is the issue that I have. That's confidence. It's confidence that Michael Irvin C and CeeDee Lamb. And he believed that CeeDee Lamb was going to be a game changer for the Cowboys. So whatever Michael Irvin thinks, that's what he thinks. He just supports his team. That's what he that's what he do. But he definitely see the confidence in CeeDee Lamb. He probably watch him day in, day out at practices and virtual meetings, whatever. But he sees the confidence in C.D. Lamb. He does. Yes, I know. But at least, listen, here's the thing. You actually supported his argument here. You said that he's right comparing C.D. Lamb to Kevin Durant. You said that he's right with that comparison. At least I can give Michael Irvin the pass of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. I think sometimes Michael Irvin, when he makes predictions – he uses his heart over his head because he's a Dallas Cowboy homer. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan for life. He was a great player for that franchise, won Super Bowls for that team. But what excuse can I give you here? You're not even but, a Dallas Cowboy fan. It. But think about it, old Trey. You don't have to look. Okay. So so I know you don't like talking bingo, but Anthony was in the NFL, whatever. He says he, that he can see Joe Burrow being an elite quarterback in the next three or two, five years. And, and I believe it because with the traits he got the intangibles, that's just him being a fan supporting his player that got drafted to it. So I so I see where Michael Irvin coming from. You got to understand. So, so let me ask you this. Did any greats of the Green Bay Packers say anything about Jordan Love? Anything. No. It, I, look, the point is, they see a lot, they have a lot of confidence in these rookies and they think they're gonna be special in a few years. So you gotta give them their credit. He giving they listen. Nobody is arguing as to whether or not CD Lamb is going to be an elite receiver. Nobody's arguing that point. The point here is CD Lamb has great potential, but Kevin Durant had already been an all-NBA player once he decided to go and play with the Golden State Warriors. There is no comparison here. And then the fact that Michael Irvin even tried to compare the Dallas Cowboys and the Golden State Warriors. He should have even brought the Dallas Cowboys and the Golden State Warriors up in the same sentence, Clarence. He shouldn't have. Like, that dysfunctional organization with the Dallas Cowboys who haven't been to the Super Bowl since the 90s, they being compared to a great dynasty team and the Golden State Warriors? Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, what is Michael Irvin talking about here? Like, just like, I, 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 like I know back in the day, he had some some he had some issues with recreational activities. Let's call it what it is. I'm not I, I'm not so sure, Clarence, if he wasn't possibly under the influence when he made these comments. Like, what is going on with Michael Irvin? I love Michael Irvin. I love him, but he is way off here. He way off. Well, look, all all Michael Irvin doing is supporting his supporting the young rookie, and he still a lot of confidence in him. That's all. So. So let me ask you this though, Trey. Let, let's let's ask each other this. So you know the Cowboys, they a few days ago they signed defensive end Everson Griffin to a one-year deal. Do you do you believe that it makes them the high the uh the favors in the a NFC East? 
You know the answer to this question. No, 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 no. No, no they're not going to win the NFC East. They have a loaded offensive team. They got some nice weapons offensively for Dak Prescott. Mark Cooper just brought him back on a five-year, $100 million deal. You just drafted CeeDee Lamb, who I'll admit as well is going to have a nice career, and I think he's going to be a nice, productive receiver. And you still got Michael Gallup at the receiver spot. You still got a top-five running back in Ezekiel Elliott. So we know offensively they're going to put up points. And I like Mike McCarthy. Bring in Mike McCarthy as a head coach. You know, Mike McCarthy is a proven coach in this league. Although some of Mike McCarthy's success has to tie in to the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, two legendary quarterbacks that he's had a chance to work with. We'll see what he can do with that Dak Prescott, who's nowhere near their, their caliber. Say it again. That only brought in two Super Bowls. Right. Yeah, he that definitely underachieved. But defensively, bringing in efforts in Griffin, that's going to help them on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they got some some nice, you know, players defensively. They got Ha-Ha Clint Dix also, also as well. He, he's a former that's Packer as well. So they got some nice pieces on defense, but I still don't think they're going to be better than the Philadelphia Eagles because I think the Philadelphia Eagles have some players coming back this year that are going to be healthy and ready to go for the Eagles. Last year, the Eagles won a division, and they were depleted. They didn't, they didn't have no weapons offensively for Carson Wentz, and they still won the NFC East. This year, because the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be healthy throughout the entire season, I believe they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys out in the NFC East. I think it'll be a close race throughout the entire season, but I think down the stretch, when we get late into December, somehow, some way, the Dallas Cowboys will fold and they will not come through when Dallas Cowboys fans expect them to. Therefore, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles ultimately will win the division. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Trey, you know what time it is, though? This, this is one of my favorite topics of the day. I wanted to talk about this so bad. It's the NBA playoffs prediction. I just wanted to get into that so bad, man, because we, we got a sighted one. We're going we to discuss all of these, all the playoff matchups. And we go get into it though. Everybody follow Wise Guys on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, these guys know sports, Twitter, Wise Guys underscore H, and we on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Now, Trey, let's get into the first one, baby. The number the number eight seed, the Magic play the number one seed Bucks. What's the key to this series? Can the Orlando Magic keep up with the firepower of the Milwaukee Bucks? That's going to be one of the keys to the series for me. And I, I want to see if they can be able to score enough points to stay yes. in these games. You know, I, I like what they're doing. I like the fact that they're in the playoffs. They're a team that's going to come up. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens with them in future seasons to come. But the biggest question for me is going to be whether or not they can keep up with the firepower for the Milwaukee Bucks. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo. You still got Eric Bledsoe also as well, a perimeter guard who created his own shot. You got Chris Middleton who's played very well so far in the bubble for the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, Lopez as well, he's been playing nice basketball for the, for the Bucks, contributing offensively. And they have a great coach in Mike Budenholzer. So the question for me is, and one of the keys for me in this series is going to be if the Magic can keep up with the firepower of the Milwaukee Bucks, Clarence. Nah, man. I, for me, though, I think the Magic, though, they was, you know, well, they was like tall and, and ba- they was balanced. They was balanced. I, I would give them that though. For Aaron Gordon, they, they were just they were just a big team. The team was big. Like you know, yeah. unfortunately, Jonathan Isaac he had to go down with an injury, the knee injury, and that hurt the team bad because he stretched the floor too. 
Mo Bamba is a good defender when he's stretching the floor. Aaron Gore is also a good defender when he's going to the best. And Vucic, he's an old school cat. He played old school ball, but he still contributes to the team. But for me, it's hey, like hey, how is Markel Fultz been playing? He's he been playing solid. He's been playing solid though. He's, but this one, you can really look at him and see how he go perform in the playoffs. But to me, though, if they can create that wall to stop Giannis, they they might they might have a chance. But for, but like you said, it's too much Milwaukee, man. It's too much Milwaukee. Yeah, in they ain't got no chance, Clarence. Here, let, look, let's just get right to it. Do you think they have any chance of stealing a game from the Milwaukee Bucks? Believe it or not, you know, if, if a team down, if they're down 3-0, I think they can win. They can steal one game, then one game. But I arguably believe like Milwaukee can close them out in uh in five games. Five. Wow. No, I got it being a clean gentleman sweep. The Milwaukee Bucks will sweep the Orlando Magic in the first round of the playoffs. Here's something to keep in mind, Clarence. If this series was played in Orlando, like, and they wasn't in a bubble, I would give the Magic a shot at winning a game in Orlando going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, a game three or a game four in a playoff series. But because they're in a bubble and there's no, you know, crowd and there's no fans, I don't yeah. think they have a snowball chance in hell at stealing the game from Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. I got Bucks in four in a gentleman's sweep. What you got? Bucks in five? Yeah, I got Bucks in five, man. I got Bucks in five. All right, let's move on to the three-six matchup. We got the Philadelphia 76ers going up, going up against the Boston Celtics. Give me your keys to this series. Oh, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Tobias Harris, he got paid to be a superstar, an elite superstar, right? He's the yeah. – He's honestly supposed to be the second option on the, on the 76ers team because he got paid to do that, and he's a good scorer. Unlike, he lost a lot of weight, and he started developing to be a good scorer. Now, this is his time to show to lead his team. I think the keys to this series is, though, can Tobias Harris lead his team without the two stars, and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, because he's considered another star on that team. And if they want to be alive in this series, he has to show up. But – for this Celtics team, they they have on and off games though. But I still believe the Celtics go go take it here though. No, now I I, I think the Celtics gonna take it here. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum gotta find his rhythm, and Jalen Brown also, and Kemba. You gotta you gotta just watch to see what you get from Kemba. Yeah, the keys to this series for me, one of the keys is going to be the Boston Celtics getting Kemba Walker into a rhythm. That's what I would aim for if I was the head coach of the Boston Celtics. If I was Brad Stevens, I would want to get Kimba Walker into a rhythm because you're going to need Kimba Walker when you get farther in the playoffs to play at an elite level. I would try right. to work Kimba back into being a quality player and being able to put up 20 to 25 points a night. You know, Kimba Walker been dealing with injuries since he's been in the bubble. He's been on a limits restriction clearance. If I'm Brad yeah. Stevens and coaching staff for the Boston Celtics, I'm trying to get my star point guard into a rhythm offensively so I can utilize him as we get farther in the playoffs. So that's one of the keys to me for the Boston Celtics. For the Philadelphia 76ers, I think they need to lock in defensively and do everything that they can to try to force other players to beat you that are not named Jason Tatum. So I, I love Jalen Brown and what he's been doing so far in the bubble, but I'd rather him beat me than Jason Tatum. So if I was Brett Brown the Sixers, I would try to force the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands and have Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown beat me. They're more than capable of doing it, but I would make sure that I wouldn't let Jason Tatum, a superstar on the come up, beat me 
in this series. And you said one of my keys as well, Tobias Harris. They paid Tobias Harris in the offseason. This is a moment for Tobias Harris to show why he's one of the top paid players we have in the NBA. He got a nice right. contract in the offseason clearance, a contract that I thought the Sixers overpaid for. But they gave him the money nevertheless. Therefore, in a moment like this, even if the Sixers come up short, which they will, I want to see Tobias Harris put on a nice performance and at least put up 20 to 25 points per game in this series and show why he is a top three option on this team scoring-wise. All right. I like, I like that question. But let's move on, though, Trey. So we got the seven seed, Brooklyn Nets against the number Hold on, Clarence. Seed. Hold on. We got to give our predictions. Oh. You, you, you're going too far. What's your oh, prediction? Oh, me for me, I, I got I got Boston in Boston in five. Five? Yeah, Boston in five. Why are you giving the Sixers a game? Because the Sixers, though, I think they go win one at home. And like I said, Boston have on and off games. And that they might have an off game and play away game. The first two games is in Boston. But so game three or four might be the ones you have to watch to see how they're playing. That's why I said I give Philly one. I disagree. I, I got the Celtics also in the gentleman sweep. If the Boston Celtics, <laughs> yes, if the Boston Celtics are legitimate championship contenders, like I say they are, with four great players who can create off the dribble, and Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum, I believe you are supposed to put out the Philadelphia 76ers in four games. I think the Boston Celtics should impose their will on these Sixers. Therefore, the Sixers, as the series goes along, Clarence, they're going to lose confidence. I think they're going to be too much for the six to, for the Sixers to overcome. So I got the Celtics with the gentleman sweep in four. Okay. All right. Let's let's. All right. All right. Damn, that's another sweep right there. But let's move on to the seven seed Brooklyn Nets, the number two seed man. So you got keys to the series? Any keys to the series? Um, I would say one of the keys to the series is going to be if Levert can consistently play as a number one option for the Brooklyn Nets. If he plays like he did last night against the Portland Trailblazers, Clarence, I believe it's a chance the Nets can steal a game from the Toronto Raptors. Also, for the Toronto Raptors, I want to see if Siakam is ready to take on that role of being a number one option for a championship contender. We've got to see it. Last year, he had the luxury of being a co-star with Kawhi Leonard. This year, Siakam is the man. Therefore, when you're the man, High expectations come with that responsibility. I want to see if Siakam is going to play like a true number one option for the Toronto Raptors, and I want to see if he's going to rise above the the, the situation and, and and put the Toronto Raptors in a situation where they can possibly compete and get to the finals. But that those are my keys: Siakam proving himself to try to be to be a number one, and Levert consistently, you know, playing at a high level for the Brooklyn Nets. See, I don't have to disagree with you, man. I think Toronto is going to be too much for this Brooklyn Nets team. And this this Raptors team is well well developed all around. They're a balanced team offensively and, def- and defensively. Yeah, I think Toronto is going to be too much. It's Yacom, him and Kyle Lowry, they already been through these situations. And when Lowry get, gets gets rolling, it gets bad. And him and Siakam, they're going to be it's going to be too much to them. And they got OG and Ubi back, a good a 3 and D player. Nah, man, I got Toronto beating them, man. Toronto is easy. Why would you disagree with me? I didn't never pick the Brooklyn Nets to win the series. I'm not saying, not disagreeing with you, but but I just think for the Brooklyn Nets, for Karis LeVert, it's going to be too much for him because he's going to be in the playoffs. 
is he in the playoffs? Is it gonna be different feeling? And they have a nice setup, but they it just for the for the Raptors, it's gonna be too much for them. Kyle Lowry, it, he knows what how to do in these situations, and it's gonna be too much for him though. I got I just believe that Kyle Lowry is a mastermind of when he on the court, he, he can manipulate guards. Who you who you how you got in how many games? Um, I got Toronto in five. Honestly, I got Toronto in five games. Like I like I, I, I think they can stay still. They gonna steal one game, but they might steal that game on the road. But it's a it's a higher higher chance they won't. What but road? I think, they ain't nobody on the road in the bubble. What are you talking about? I mean, I mean, yeah, my bad. I'm type of that mindset that they be on the road. But I think they can they gonna take one game that was towards the end, like game four, man. That's all I'm saying. See, see, I think if it gets to a situation where the Raptors are up 3-0, I don't see Brooklyn stealing the game. I think if they want to have any chance of stealing the game, it has to be the game one through three. It can't be game four. I got the Raptors in five, too. I'm going to give the Brooklyn Nets a game out of respect because they've been playing nice basketball since we've been in the bubble clearance, and this series will be much different if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were playing. We both know that. Let's move on to a series that has had history. The Indiana Pacers <laughs> and the Miami Heat, they have had many, many playoff battles in the past, Clarence, with LeBron and Paul George. But now we got T.J. Warren versus Jimmy Butler. Give me your keys to this series. Mm. Look, I know we all hype about T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler, but that's going to be what the, the like the biggest like one we're going to be watching for. We're going to see how can these guys is going to put – Put all that trash talking into this playoff game, but the game, the matchup I'm gonna be really watching though is um like Victor Oladipo and how he how he does with these guards. And another one, Bam Adebayo versus Miles Turner. I think that's gonna be a good one too because he can stretch the floor and Miles Turner. He's a good defender, so I want to see how they gonna match up with each other. But for T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler, that's gonna that should be a hard nose right there playing against each other right there. I think that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. But you're going to be surprised of mine, of my pick. One of my keys in this series is going to be if the Indiana Pacers can contain the Miami Heat's perimeter shooting. The Miami Heat shoot the perimeter shot very well, Clarence. And I want to see yeah. if the Pacers can contain the Miami Heat's perimeter shooting. If the Miami Heat shoot the lights out, I don't see this series going very long. Honestly, if they are shooting the three very well, you can't stop them. They're unstoppable. Like, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But that's one of my keys. Can the Indiana Pacers defensively slow down the perimeter shooting of the Miami Heat? They more than capable of being able yeah. to do it. They more than capable of being able to do it because Nate McMillan as a head coach, he always has the Indiana Pacers playing hard. If you notice every single year when the Pacers get into the playoffs, Clarence, although they may not go far, they play hard. Can you give them that credit? You agree with that? Yeah, they, they, they look. They play hard, and they're yes. a smart. Team. They're a smart they basketball are, team, and they're, they're the kind of team where you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, yeah, but then at the same time, that that type of team, they they have to find the players that can that can score, and they and they did. And TJ Warren, and TJ Warren, he did surprisingly start going crazy in this bubble, and I think that that's a good start that he did. But this matchup, though. Yeah, they, they got to stop the three-point shooters that Miami Heat has. Yes, I I completely I agree. So, they have to so, do that. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though. So who do you have winning and how many games? 
I think Clarence, this is one of the few series in the first round that has a high possibility of going seven games. It's going to go seven games, and it's hard for me to pick in this matchup. But I'm going to roll with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat in a nail-biter in a game seven. I think this series is going to go the distance. I think the Indiana Pacers are going to play the Milwaukee, the Miami Heat tough, and I think it's going to be a long series. But I think Eric Spoelstra's experience as a head coach and Jimmy Butler, him being the star that he is, he's going to rise above the occasion and make plays for the Miami Heat in game seven of the first round in this series. I like Jimmy Butler over T.J. Warren and Oladipo in this series in seven. Yeah. And like I like I, I agree with you. I, I like Miami in this one. I think they have the better players and a better three-point shooter now. And I think and I truly believe that this team is is a, a good balanced team offensively and def- defensively. And I think once they hit their once they hit their uh their peak, it, it's gonna be on from there. But I got Miami in six games and the heat in six. six. So you yeah. giving the Pacers two games? Yeah, we're giving the Pacers two games. Cause I yes. think all that pressure hits them, they, they're not gonna be focused on themselves. But I got Miami in six, man. Jimmy Butler, you can't you can't sleep on him, man, in the playoffs. Give me an X Factor in this series. Just one player. Duncan Robinson. How many threes can he hit in this series, man? How many threes can he hit? You see what Chris Paul did to that boy? He was playing him so disrespectful. And Jimmy Butler had to step in and for to him to cover basically help a teammate out. Like you a man. Duncan Robinson, that's the playoffs, bro. They ain't gonna show you no love. Your teammates are gonna be like, "Come on, come on, Duncan." No, you gotta shrug that off, man. That's that's the X factor of there of that. Okay, right okay. I, my, my X factor is gonna be Miles Turner. Can he match Ben out of Bayou's energy? That's my that's my X factor, Miles Turner. If Miles Turner right. can, if Miles Turner can impose his will and, and, and compete with Ben out of Bayou, that'll increase the Pacers' chances of pulling off the upset. But I got Heat in seven. You got heat in six. Let's move yep. on to the wild, wild west. And, 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 and real quick, just let everybody know, me and Clarence already knew before we came on here today that the Eastern Conference matchups were going to be easier to predict than the Western Conference. We already uh, knew it. So let's get let's talk about the wild, wild west, Clarence. Let's start off uh, with the seven versus two matchup. We got the Dallas Mavericks as the seventh seed taking on the two seed in the L.A. Clippers. Give me some of your keys to the series. All right, look, look, I'm like, for this, for the Mavericks keys, can you find that advantage against that Clippers team? Now, now, a lot of people said that Christophe Porzingis, it will be too much for Montrez Harrell because he's taller than him. But me personally, I think he's he's more, he's not really aggressive going to the basket. And he loves shooting that three ball. But if, as long as he's shooting that three ball, they should be fine. But the keys for the Clippers, though, they got to find, they got to find control of the team. Kawhi and Paul George, you, they are the top stars of that team, and they 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 are like they are one of the top defensive teams in, in, in the NBA. And 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 one more thing, Dallas, they're not good. They're not good. They're sloppy on defense. But I think for the keys of the game, Kawhi need to show up. I mean, he there's there's nothing else. He has to show up. And Paul George, he gotta he gotta get that playoff nightmare away from that demon away from him. Them two players have to show up and lead that team, Trey. My two they keys are. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two keys. One from each team. Let's All start right. with the Dallas, Maver- the Dallas Mavericks. Defensively, can the Dallas Mavericks get any consistent stops? I watched the matchup the other night against Dame Dollar and the Portland Trailblazers, Clarence, and Damian Lillard, he had room service with the rim. 
because they couldn't stop yep. him from getting to the paint. They couldn't <laughs> stop him. They had no answers for the Portland Trailblazers offensively. So they never get stops. And I've watched a bunch of games this year, and the Dallas Mavericks have been in a few exciting games. They had a game earlier in the bubble. They went up against the Houston Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. It was an exciting game. And they had a matchup, I think it was against the Milwaukee Bucks last weekend, where it was a high-scoring game. But I noticed a consistent theme when I watched the Dallas Mavericks clearance, and that's that what? they don't play any defense. They cannot stop the opposing teams from scoring. I like Luka and I like Porzingis as a one-two punch on the offensive side of the floor, but I think the 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 the, the Dallas Mavericks are missing that perimeter defender yeah. that can get stops down the stretch. Now for the LA Clippers, one of the keys for me is going to be the Clippers getting the band back together and getting into a rhythm. Throughout the entire season, even before the pandemic, Clarence, there were times where Kawhi Leonard low managed. Paul George was hurt at the beginning of the season. So the Clippers really haven't had an opportunity to play together. Like, they haven't all been there. You know, Montrezl Hill, he just returned to the bubble because of his late grandmother passing away. Lou Williams, you know, he had the situation that took place, you know, at Magic City in Atlanta. So he wasn't there in the beginning of the bubble for them. And, and Patrick Beverly, he's been injured. So I want to see the L.A. Clippers get into a rhythm of playing together and develop some chemistry on the floor because they haven't been playing together much this year. So, so, so quick, quick question. Who, who has the coaching edge? Who has the coaching edge between these two teams? Man, this is, this is tough, Clarence. These are two great coaches in the NBA. Doc Rivers is a champion, won an NBA championship with the Boston Celtics with KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo. He, he's a proven head coach in the NBA. And we know Rick Carlisle, he led a Dallas Mavericks team to a championship when they were the underdogs back in 2011 against LeBron and the Miami Heat. So we know Rick Carlisle is a proven head coach in the NBA. He knows his basketball. He knows how to make adjustments on the fly in the mix of basketball games. I would say in this, in this matchup, though, I'm going to give the slight edge to Doc Rivers only because he has the more talented team. But overall, yeah. this is a conversation that we can have on another show and another debate we can have, you know, soon. Yeah, I'll definitely give it to uh, Doc Rivers, even though I call them overrated. It ain't definite yeah, for I, me. Yeah, I think I get, definitely give it to uh, Doc Rivers, even though I call them overrated. But I think when you look at that assistant coach and Tyron Lue and Lionel Holland, I think they they are they are well-known and well-staffed to uh, overcome the Dallas Mavericks, though. So, so good question, though. Who, who wins and how many games and how many games he? I got Clippers in five. I'm going to give the Dallas Mavericks one game. Oh. Yes, oh. I got Clippers in five. I'm going to give the Dallas Mavericks one game because uh. of the, the talent of Luka and Porzingis. I think Luka and Porzingis could get you one. I got the Clippers in five. Look, Luka is great. I, I got I got, I got, got the Clippers in six games, man. I think it's going to be competitive, and we, we talk about how great Luka is, and we need to see how great Luka is, though. But I give him two games, man. Let's move on to the six versus three matchup. We got Utah Jazz, the six seed, taking on the Denver Nuggets as a three seed. Give me some of the keys to the series. One key is can Rudy can Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell coexist? I think they can coexist though, Trey, because because they perform great in the playoffs when they're playing together. Regardless, they lost to the back to back back to back years to the Houston Rockets. But when they play o Oklahoma City Thunders, you see how the hunger of Donovan Mitchell and how the ability he can score with. 
And here's another key for the Nuggets. Can Nurkic, can the Joker come up big for them again? You know they lost in seven games against your Portland Trailblazers. And I was very disappointed because they lost. Can he come up and show up in the playoffs again? Him and Jamal, Jamal Williams, man. I mean, not Jamal Williams, but the uh Jamal uh, uh I forgot his name. But 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 they but the but the Jamal point Murray. is can Jamal, can, can Jamal Murray, can Jamal Murray and Yusuf Nurkic, man, the Joker show up in the playoffs, man. Can they? They're third seed. I want to see it. Jordan, let us know how much time we got. One of the keys for me with the Utah Jazz. I want to see if Utah is going to have enough offensive scoring power to keep up with the different Nuggets. You know, that's the issue that I have with the Utah Jazz. Sometimes offensively, they they, they have times where they just don't score the basketball clearance and they struggle. We'll right. break this game more down. We'll break this series down more on Monday, bro, because I, I, I got some more things I want to say about this, yeah. about this particular series. But we, got, we still got to talk about the rest of this series, Utah Jazz and the different Nuggets, and we also going to talk about Oklahoma City and the Houston Rockets. And then we got to talk about the Lakers versus either Portland or Memphis on Monday show. We'll get right into it, bro, because I, I got some more I want to say. Yeah, definitely, 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 man. Everybody remember going follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. It's also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Hey, Clarence, enjoy your time in Louisville with the family, bro. Hi, thank you, man. I'm very excited to go down there, man. So I can get some get some fun time down there. I'm gonna I'm be hitting you up down there. Hit me up. And one more thing before we get out of here, man. You're going to Louisville. I got three words for you. Justice for Breonna Taylor. Maybe four words. Right. Don't forget about that, man. Don't forget about that. Definitely, man. Hey, what you got any plans for the weekend? Uh, I'm going to watch some basketball. I'm expecting my Portland Trailblazers to get it done against the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow. So I'll be watching that. Luckily, it's a day game. So I can still have me some fun tomorrow night because I'll be off. And I and, and Premier is at my mom's house for the weekend. So we'll see what happens, bro. But I'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend, bro. Have a good weekend, Jordan. You too, man. Yeah, everybody, everybody have a weekend. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.